Welcome, gentle listener, to Cake Watch, a podcast about Brexit, about cakeism. Uh, with me, Chris Kendall, I'm a perfectly ordinary bloke who just happens to work for the European Union, but that's by the by because I'm here in a personal capacity. And uh, and Steve Bullock, uh, I am an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU. I'm now a Brexit geek for Alan Smith, and also here in a strictly personal capacity. Disclaimer's done. So it's uh, a red letter podcast, Steve. It's our it silver, uh, what, Jubilee podcast? It is. It's our 25th podcast. 25th. <laughs> who who would have thunk it all those seven or eight months ago that we'd still be prattling about on Tuesday nights doing this? <laughs> Here we are. Week in, week out, except for the weeks when we're out. <laughs> Still banging for, on about this awful thing that's happening. All for seven people listening to us while while they walk their dogs. Well, according to my podcast stats, we've we've sort of settled. We've settled at a, a, a number of regular listeners, which is a respectable number. We probably shouldn't give the number away. Because, no, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> because because <laughs> Romaniacs would laugh at us. I know. <laughs> And we don't want... We, one thing we do not want is Romaniacs to laugh at us. No. With oh, us, but never at yeah, us. No. Not, not at us. We, that would hurt us. We'd, I'd be yeah. hurt. Absolutely. No, no, we would. Right, you have some You have some follow-up, Chris. I have got some follow-up. So, uh, what have I got? Um, well, the first thing to say is that um, our timing was almost Romaniac-style bad last week. <laughs> we recorded this long discussion about the people's vote uh, and then put it out in the morning, and literally about an hour later, this paper was published by, um, by all by sorts of... the people's of, vote. Yeah, you know, the great good <laughs> by people's vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it more or less stood up. I mean, our, our podcast more or less stood up, but really, I mean, everything that we said would have been so, so much more useful had it been said after yeah. we'd read that document. <laughs> and, and also, and also, people could have just read the document read at their leisure instead, <laughs> yeah. instead of having to listen to our podcast as well. Yeah. So, so there was that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, boy, I mean, if we were talking last week about the people's vote gathering momentum, I mean, wow, <laughs> I think you know, a week, yet again. A week in Brexit, in Brexit is is a year in dog years or something. So yeah, it's <laughs> I can never get the yeah, conversion whatever. factor. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, a lot has happened in a week. A lot we've yeah. had. Um, we've had that paper, which you'd have thought would be, um, you know, that would be a big thing in any week. But since then, we've had the Salzburg summit and uh, the speech that came afterwards. There was something else that I've completely forgotten about. And you've had um, the Labour conference and, and all sorts of interesting stuff happening there. So we're going to talk about that. But two more pieces of follow-up. Uh, the first mm-hmm. is um, I'm going <laughs> to be short on this because it's probably really boring, but we talked, uh, we talked a bit about the, the political declaration, didn't we? Do you mm, remember? And, yeah. um, 
I, I felt that I sort of got myself tied in a little bit into knots because I was I was having trouble sort of following the flow of my logic. And, and I think one of the things that we were discussing was, well, look, with a political declaration, how binding would um, a referendum on a political declaration be then for the negotiation of that political declaration? Mm. And, and, you know, and, and would the EU be willing to renegotiate a political de- declaration on, on the back of a, on the back yeah. of a, 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 a rejection in a, in a referendum or something like that? So yeah. it just occurred to me that... Um, is, re- is renegotiation, renegotiation an option? That's a, yeah. I mean, because, because I mean, we're probably not talking about the, um, a situation where the withdrawal agreement itself, i.e. the financial settlement... Uh, and so on, are renegotiated. <clears throat> or there's any desire to renegotiate those bits. Yeah. It's really the political declaration that, yeah. um, you know, that, say, a Labour, if either a Labour government or uh, a government post-referendum might want to yeah. renegotiate. Yeah. Well, and the reason I'm, I'm flagging it is because it occurred to me that um, I have in my own experience quite an interesting um I don't know if it's a precedent, but it's an example of, of where this sort of thing can go. And, and that's because I, I, um, um, in my previous post, um, one of the countries I, I covered was Armenia. Mm. And um, the EU and Armenia negotiated and initialed an association agreement with a deep and comprehensive free trade area. So quite a comprehensive bilateral um, agreement. Um, and then Armenia one day turned around and and we won't go into the details of why or speculation as to why, but what happened was it was shortly before um, the the events in Ukraine in 2013, but the the Armenians turned around and said, um, actually, no, we've decided that we're going to join uh, President Putin's um, Eurasian Economic Union. Mm. Uh, but we'd with, still like along with Be- along with Belarus, yeah, and and Kazakhstan. Um, yeah. But we'd still like to we'd still like to we'd still like to have this agreement that we've negotiated. And we were like, well, you can't because um, we because um, they require conflicting things. Yeah, yeah, we have we have the you know the rule of law and we have red lines. And one of our red lines is well, you know, if if you're going to implement the, the this agreement, you you can't outsource your regulation, your regulatory powers to um, the Eurasian Economic Union. I mean, you have yeah, to because be, the DCFTA because, requi- requires re- yeah. requires them to move gradually towards. Yeah, so you can either align with them or with, yeah. with us, but you can't do both. Which so is the reason are. Ukraine wasn't offer, on on offer for the UK because DCF, you know, yeah. because a, a association agreement like Ukraine has. Yeah. Is designed for convergence, not yeah. for divergence. So, so the Armenian turned around and said, "Okay, well, fine. We'll, look, we'll drop the trade bit and we'll just keep the political bit. Can we please then have the political bit of the association agreement?" And the EU was like, "No, it's a package. You negotiate as a package. That the deal is um, it's all or nothing. And, it, and mm. if, if, it, if, 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 if it's not all, then we have to go away and renegotiate. And we can reuse large chunks of what we've already agreed, but nothing is." In the pocket, you know, everything's yeah, up yeah. for renegotiation. Maybe that we end up with something that's 99% similar, but, you know. My point in saying this is that, you know, there are rules. It's predictable. There are reasons. Um, it's not political. It's technical. However, at the same time, 
we did go back and we did renegotiate and we did come up with a new agreement and we went back with the Armenians and now we have a bilateral Armenia-EU agreement, which includes many of the elements that were in there. Mm. We started again from scratch, but we got to that point because there was a political will to do it. So I, I think that there are certain models there for what could happen with the UK um, if circumstances lent themselves to, to that. So where am I going with this? <laughs> I guess where I'm going with this is to say... One of the great beauties of the EU is that while on the one hand it is most emphatically rules-based, predictable, um, you clear headlines, on the other hand, yes, it is a, it, it, if there's a political will, you will find a creative way of making something happen that is in everybody's interests. I mean, Does the that make sense? The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, but the, I think the question is really... Um, not about whether after a referendum um, there would be a renegotiation. I think, I think a referendum would really have to be on what's on the table versus remain. Um, but I, I don't see how you could structure a referendum with sort of options that aren't, options that aren't on the table. Um, but um, the real question is if there was a general election and Labour came in, yeah. would they be able to renegotiate it? Yeah. And I think um, my view about it is that, I mean, firstly, it's political. And um, yes, of course, E27 understand the political situation in, in, in individual member states, in, in the UK in this case. But on the other hand, they deal with, they deal with countries. You know, the, gov the government of a country is to some degree sort of incidental. It's whoever the government happens to be or, or who, they, who they deal with. Mm. And I still think the idea of coming to an agreement... Um, with the whole of the EU27 and the EP signing it off, and then a new British government at that point coming in and saying, no, 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 that's not what we want at all. Mm. Um, that I find a little bit difficult. Somebody pointed out that, I can't remember who, who it was, it was a very good commentator, was, I can't remember her name, um, pointed out that, you know, if it, was an, if it was off the shelf, maybe there would be a chance... Of that, if it was off the shelf, if it instantly, if it was a solution that incorporated the the a solution to Northern Ireland, i.e., basically, if it was EEA plus customs union, mm. then yeah, it would be pretty churlish of the EU to turn that down if they'd already granted an extension, for example. Um, but but not for a, a something like the single market, but with lots of exemptions and no, I mean and all this politics, kind of stuff. You know, politics, uh, the remains, politics just wouldn't allow it. Yes. But also the time, also the time wouldn't. The EU no. don't. The EU do not want another two years of no. negotiations. No, no, I think I think that's absolutely right. So I think I think what what we're saying is that um, it there's be, all sorts it could, of options, but they have to be politically realistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have to be politically realistic. So, you know, I mean, it's a matter otherwise they can Otherwise they can refuse to renegotiate. I mean, I think that's the point, is but, they can say, yeah, yeah, give us your proposals and we'll think, and we'll, and we'll think about whether we'll renegotiate yeah. or not. I, I think but if the, if the proposals come and they're more unicorns, then um, they'd simply say, no, we have an agreement on the ta table, take it or leave it. Yes, the absolute bottom line is um, cherry picking is not going to fly. Yeah, Absolutely. That's the bottom line of the whole thing. Whole no, process. it has to be understood. I mean, that, that was the point of the hilarious um, Tusk Instagram, Instagram gag, which fell somewhat flat. Um, but, I mean, I'm, well, we'll come to that. Yeah, we'll come to that. Um, final bit of follow-up. Um, you, you were talking about Dutch as a prefix for all sorts of 
um, things, well, Dutch news. Dutch news, Steve, you were in the Dutch news. You were reported in the Dutch news. I heard. Uh, you were retweeted by a Dutch news channel. I forget which one. Um, or rather, your um, your prospect article was um, was retweeted, and under the under the with with the tweet, and then what the tweet said was: here is a very interesting article from uh, Steve Bullock from uh, for um, Prospect. Uh, Steve Bullock is, of course, known for his Cake Watch podcast. <laughs> That's all I'm known for because- in Holland. In the in Netherlands, Holland, you're yeah. known for your Cake Watch podcast. Yeah, absolutely. My yeah. my Cake Watch. Yeah, your Cake my Watch. My Cake podcast. Watch podcast. You have to be. I'm used to. I'm used to these these difficulties from being in bands. You know, you never know whether to say, "Oh yeah, he's the bass player in my band," <laughs> or he. You're not allowed to say he's my bass player. That's definitely out. That's completely unless you're Whitney Houston. That's out. You know, but um. <laughs> But yeah, so you, and then you say, yeah, he's in my band. And you're like, well, is it, it's not really my band. And then you get texts from the rest of the band going, did you tweet something about my band saying it was your band? You know? So anyway, no, you, you, I'm, you're very welcome to be um, announced by the Dutch news as being part of my podcast or even being, <laughs> I don't know, I was, I, obviously I was seething it was very, all it was day. Very nice of them. It was very nice of them, <laughs> although they did treat it as if it was a new article and it wasn't. So I, d- I did tell them that it. I did tell them that it wasn't a new article. I think you should. In case uh, they hadn't, they hadn't should, noticed. Yeah, I think you should. But, should, but we're be... getting to the. We're getting to the. I told you for a point of Brexit. This is the point. So yeah. I retweeted this article saying I did this article in March about why May would regret burning trust and goodwill. Well, to be honest, me, with ba- you. it was me banging on about trust and goodwill again. So I thought I'd retweet it now because now because. Well, we can move on to Salzburg now because I think, well, yeah. I think I think Salzburg was the culmination of yes. of the UK government having burned good yes. trust and goodwill with wanton abandon. Absolutely. Well, you and I both took took the opportunity of referring back to multiple articles and tweets that we'd written over the last couple of years, <laughs> all of it pointing to this as being the inevitable. Yeah, it's completely inevitable, and entirely of what, of inevitable. Their approach, and so, and we told them so, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So yeah, so well, sounds no, but if you if you if you if you if you take the piss out of someone long enough, if you treat them like mugs long enough, they'll stop being nice to you. Well, it, it, what particularly stuck in the throat was the uh, way that she stood up in that speech, that that awful <sighs> that awful speech the oh, next what day. A terrible, spe- what a terrible, and, terrible, and, terrible, and terrible speech! Looked, you know, venom dripping, you know, from 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 her expression, you know, saying, you know, well, I've always treated you with respect, and you should goddamn well show me some respect. Respect. And, I mean, respect. you know, that just you're going to really, bring up respect, really. That really, Jeez, oh. really, really. That got under my skin. That made me so cross. I thought, for Christ's sake, look at the, look at you and your government, and the way yeah. in which you've approached this entire business from the word go. The way Boris in which Johnson, you Boris sat Johnson. there, Boris Johnson. Yeah, you've Boris sat Johnson there. likened officials to to Nazi concentration camp I know. commandants, not just I mean, officials. Geez. I mean, you know, other EU twenty seven leaders, and he sits there, and he, you know, he he not only treats the rest of Europe with utter contempt and disrespect, but also his own prime minister with mm. utter disrespect and contempt. And then she has the fucking gall to turn around and look angry because of a gentle little joke about cake. In the meantime, how long did she, how long did she put up with that oaf in government with her? And yeah. who, did she sack him? No, he, he walked. 
So but I just go, thought that it, was just unbelievable. But it goes beyond this. You know, every if every time Reef Mog or one of the other uh, ERG... extremists said something disgusting if they released a statement saying this is not the position of the uk government and they they wrote to tory head office asking them to be suspended you know then they might take this then people might take the idea of respect seriously but they don't of course we know that number 10 sits there going ha, 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 that was a good one jacob nice one you know yeah and um, because it because it's great because it's great headlines and there's a few things that I mean. There's a few things I just don't get about this. That, firstly, I mean, they didn't come with proposals for 15 months, so they sat shouting insults across the across the channel. And yeah. okay, there was okay, there was one from uh, there was one from the commission. The leak of the dinner to Faz, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was one, but I mean, they were it was absolute an absolute endless barrage, uh, calling them enemies. Calling it, a, you know, using warlike language all the time, and then yeah. when they're fa- saying saying that things are unacceptable, but refusing to come with your own proposal, and then finally when they do the, come with a proposal, it's composed of things that have already been rejected. I mean, that is taking the piss. It's absolutely taking you know? the piss. And that that leak, I mean, by the way, that leak to to the, the Frankfurt Allgemeine Zeitung by, um, well, we won't say who leaked it, but it was obviously somebody very close to Juncker. Uh, <laughs> I wonder, wonder, wonder who. I, I don't is, know is that you still, could call that yeah. disrespectful. I mean, it was it was deliberate, and well, there was a, pri- a reason a pri- for it. Was it was a private dinner. There was a good. There was a reason for it. Well, there was quite a good okay. reason for it. But it was a yeah. private dinner. They shouldn't have. I mean, they shouldn't have done it. It's a fair criticism. But it was. It was. It, it was clearly it was born necessary. Of frustration. Yeah, it was born out of frustration because, because there was they a didn't real have sense a clue. that oh my god, you know, this is this that they are they are away with the fairies. They, they need waking up. So there's that. There's attempting to roll back on agreements well I mean, there's, there's you, making an absolute promise uh, of a backstop in order exactly. to, in order to progress to the next uh, level and then uh, then uh, every opportunity for the next six months saying well i never agreed to that i would never agree to that how what despite prime minister could ever agree to this well you despite did agree it being to in it. writing yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> for that, and then there's the money so that either instantly regretted it or 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 in fact never believed it yeah um there's the money i mean for the brexit secretary rab um yeah. Basically, threatens not to pay the money every yeah. two to three weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, he he threatened this more than David Davis threatened to resign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so then there's Gove about, saying, um, "Well, of course, oh, you know, you know, of course, we'll make a promise, but that doesn't mean we'll keep it." Mm. <laughs> quite quite happily saying that to Andrew Marr on broadcast TV. <clears throat> yeah, and also the government saying we're not we're not in a race to the bottom on standards, and then it transpiring that. Uh, <laughs> Fox is planning a race to the bottom on standards. Yeah, of course he is. And uh, actually, to have the the agreement that they're talking about with uh, with the US, then they would ha- they would essentially have to at least yeah. on some things. Um, so I mean, this, this, to then talk about to then talk about respect is just completely unbelievable. And even more so is that it was while the EU was planning to try to help her. Yes, you know. Exactly. The idea, the idea yeah. was that there would be some soft soap words yeah. about the and some tough sounding words about the need for yeah. progress, but you know lots of words about how they were confident that there would be progress and, and that there would what? be an I'm, agreement. You know, you know, there's two things. Firstly, um, politicians are humans too, and 
you know, the other 27 EU leaders uh, also have, <laughs> have fuses that eventually run short. And, and, and constituencies that don't around, like to, right? yeah, and constituencies that don't want to sit. Well, that's the second point. The second point is the second point is exactly that they've got national constituencies to look at, and who are also looking at this and thinking, you know, are you going to keep putting up with this? How how do they look to their stakeholders back home for mm. constantly putting up with this kind of shit? And, so, and then, know. and it seems the final straw. Well, firstly, the, and the talk about blind Brexit. Mm. Lots of talk about how you know it, it, we they, they could just be a they could just be a fudge, mm. which uh, Macron had taken exception to. And mm. actually, that's a bit of follow up on talking about blind Brexit last week that um, uh, 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 Merkel has now come out and said that there has to be an agreement on mm. the outline of the future mm. relationship for there to be a withdrawal agreement, mm. um, that, it, that they can't go into it blind. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. the, that's Germany and France. So, so blind, blind. Yeah. <laughs> all the time we've been talking about blind Brexit, blind Brexit looks like it's dead. It's off the table too. Long, long and it looks like, so, there, so there will have to be something of substance in the, it looks like there will have to be something of substance mm. in the, in the uh, political declaration. declaration. And that means that the chances of getting the withdrawal agreement through with the political declaration through the Commons are yeah. considerably lower as well, yeah. because the idea was that the fudge would be, would be something that was uh, that was acceptable to everybody, yeah. or acceptable to enough people to, to to get it. But I mean, I hadn't even thought that thought thought about it. But I read a really superb article uh, by uh, was it Martin Donnelly from the Federal Trust? Is that right? Um, Mm-hmm. And he pointed out that the UK has been promising its own version of the legal text for the backstop for six months mm. and hasn't come up with anything. Yeah. And then May walked into her morning meeting uh, with the, the Irish Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, and she said it won't be done by October. Yeah. So she walked in and said, yeah, we've been promising it for six months. Yes, yours is totally unacceptable. Yes, we definitely have an acceptable one, but we haven't written it. And if we have, we're not giving it to you. And we won't give it to you until the point at which we're meant to have agreement. So he, so he went and told, he went and told yeah, the others yeah. that, and they all said, well, fuck, fuck off. No yeah, fucking way. Yeah, yeah. Why on earth would we accept that? They're the ones that? who pulled the Article 50 trigger. Fuck them. Yeah, 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 completely. Absolutely. And now we have, now we have the <laughs> superb sight of Shankar Singham going around saying that the EU's been using time pressure against the UK. <laughs> Unbelievable! I know. Well, Jesus. I mean, but so, this is, I mean, this is, we are deep in proper gaslighting territory. Then we, you know, this we is really, very really worrying are. now. I mean, I must say that with this, where this left me on Saturday, was very depressed. I, I was very, I, I was very, very unhappy about the, 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 the flavour um, of. Uh, yeah, UK comments on Friday, and then there was a, also a very. Uh, Mike Hines done some good work on this. There was some very worrying, suspicious, creepy bot activity, yeah. um, or um, flooding um, the social media feeds of M- of key MPs and yes, politicians I've and seen media. This. Yes, I've with seen this. Yeah. oh well, I voted Remain, but I can't bear this outrageous insult to our Prime Minister. I will. Well, they were all almost you know, the same. They were all, all almost the same wording now, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I voted Remain, suspicious. but I'm disgusted by how very suspicious. Been and there's a yeah. lot of this kind of bullshit. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Well, I'm you know I'm an airline pilot, and I can tell you for a fact <laughs> the that there is no pilot, such yeah. no. There's no problem. Or I'm a farmer. I mean, it's the same guy. He does it all. It's the same guy. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, the yeah. one with he's the one with the the, the wife with seventeen nationalities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, my yeah, wife's yeah. Irish. Oh, and my wife's American. Oh, my wife's Jewish. And my, yeah, <laughs> my wife's Welsh. No, literally the same guy 
has yeah. uh yeah so um, and, ha- and has a cow farm and a fruit picking business and is a full time pilot. Oh, and he also oh, works and, at British and works at the Air- Yeah, he also works at the Airbus factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wing designer. Yeah. So anyway, look. I mean, <laughs> but no. I mean, it is genuinely worrying because um, it, it 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 what it does is it it sets up the backstabbers uh, myth yeah, narrative completely. and we shift into. Um, I, I think there's a significant shift towards No Deal, and that, that's really worrying. And then, and then you see, um, I don't know whether, I don't know whether over the last sort of two or three days, my depth of despair has been um, borne out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling less despairing today. We'll come to why, but um, certainly on over the weekend, I was feeling really low about things. I really yeah, thought, you know, things too. are looking very, very dicey now. And they are, the, they um, are, they are, they are. There was also there was also a big line crossed, I think, in May's speech, in that she uh, she lied in it, in that she she said no, she said that no reasons had been given for the rejection yes. of checkers. I mean, a pretty bad just, lie. It's it's an absolute lie. Mm. Um, reasons have been given time and time again yes, by, by Bonnie. But but again, rem- see you see this again. She doesn't she doesn't believe anything until it comes from Tusk and the heads of government. Mm. She doesn't believe Barnier. Mm. And every time she thinks she can go past Barnier, and yeah. every time yeah. the heads of government say, but no, Barnier's just saying what we told him. And to how say. many times have we said so? Yeah. How many times have we said again. that? And it just keeps happening. So she may have been telling the truth that Tusk, the Tusk personally didn't tell her, but he, but he, I think he would have assumed he didn't need to because she'd been told repeatedly. But by, what do you think of the story of, um, what do you think of the story? I mean, Ollie Robbins was caught on camera in that panorama. I didn't see the panorama. See, I actually. didn't see it either, but I just heard no. about it at second hand. And Ollie Robbins is, 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 is apparently caught on camera saying to um, the Prime Minister that Chequers is a game changer. And well, it has. It's made an agreement less likely. That's true. Well, um, I mean, but- that... <laughs> no, you, you know, I've, de- I've, def- I've, I've really defended the civil service all along. And I mean, there were lots of, there was lots of stuff on Twitter after uh, the Salzburg hyper-fiasco. And it was. I mean, it was a diplomatic yes, fiasco. it was. It was a real fuck. And there were quite a lot of people's commentators saying, how could the civil service and UCREP have allowed such a catastrophic yeah. diplomatic diplomatic disaster? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we, the, you saw coming back from, um, from EU officials saying, well, look, we didn't expect any of this. We expected some warm words everybody in the room knowing that we hadn't made very much progress, but trying to be positive and trying to make, you know, politically, basically get her through the party conference, which everybody were, knows they were is going to be difficult. For that. Yeah, yeah, they were entirely on track for that until she waded into it. Well, the article before, the article the day before, mm. uh, telling, them, telling them that they have to move and yeah. that uh, yeah. the UK has shown massive flexibility. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. you, can get away, you can get away with this blagging at home with a, with a tame press. That, you can't get away with this blagging in front of you know, intelligent right decision-makers. Eh? Right I mean, the way through, there has been this constant inability to separate out the messages for a domestic audience and the, and the messages for the other leaders. I mean, in, the, in, 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 a, in, a, in a decent world with decent politics, you wouldn't have to do same. that. Yeah. But 
<laughs> what she's but I mean people, but in this world they're not the same. However, she's using the same ones just the wrong way around. Instead of taking but, the messages for the for the EU twenty seven yeah. and, and using them for her speaking points with the public and media, she's taking her speaking points to the public and media and using them with the E twenty seven. That just doesn't but these, fly. Are, but, these, but these are naive kids as well. They recognise that you they recognise that what you say at home isn't necessarily what you say. In council. Well, of course. You know, the reckon, patience with that is running thin, too, after camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, very much so. But, um, but my point on, on, uh, on Robbins and, and Akreb is I very much hope that it's because the politicians ignored them. Mm. I very much hope it's because of that and that they recommended... Well, we've uh, always, they yeah. made good recommendations and that the politicians said, no, fuck it, we're doing it anyway. But we've always assumed that, but then there was this... Recording of him saying, "Oh yeah, Prime Minister, it's a game changer." I mean, if, well, if you're not well, he's not going to say, "Prime Minister, it's a terrible idea on camera," is he? I mean, that's the first thing. Obviously, he's going to he's going to look to be supportive. You couldn't do that. On ca- I mean, you couldn't yeah, do but that. You don't, on camera. You don't tell her something that's not true. Yeah, and I mean the 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 big thing is when those cameras went off. If they left the which we can't know, if they left the room and. Robinson may have said, oh, God, thank God we got through that because of the catastrophe, isn't it? Yeah, but even so, but I still don't right, think that, you know, but Robbins wouldn't say on camera something that he thought wasn't true. Surely. Surely. I wouldn't have thought, I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought so, but, it, but on the other hand, he can't possibly think. I mean, could, could well, he, he? just shut could, up. Maybe he just wouldn't he could, say maybe, something. But could he possibly think that it was, that but this it's a was, game that, we, that they were going to bring this home, really? I mean, I can't believe that they were going to think that. No, can't and I can't possibly. believe, I can't Surely. believe that the, there's a thing with reporting, you know. The question is whether, re- you know, whether people are going to capitals and meeting their counterparts. And remember, ambassadors meet ministers, you know, so they meet at a high level. And now, who was it? There was another great. I'm, I'm really sorry that I, I'm really dreadful with names, so I always forget who made these excellent points, but I at least try to make it clear that they weren't mine. Um, <clears throat> Somebody had said maybe it was an, maybe it was a quote of an EU official actually, but um, they said you know that that um, they go and talk to min- they go and talk to ministers and the minister and the ministers in other member states say oh yes well of course we're looking forward to a very close relationship and mm. um, we're we're very confident that there'll be an agreement and yes blah blah, blah. and this is you know dip- the diplomatic blather this isn't part of negotiation mm. this is diplomatic blather over you know over over coffee in the in the minister's office. And then people, you know, people take that as being true. Mm. People take that and report very, very positive meeting in Latvia today, yeah. you know, which of course isn't. And that's not how reporting should be done. I hope no. it isn't being done like that because it shouldn't be done like that. And it's certainly not how, uh, it, it's certainly not how Ivan Rogers did no, reporting. No, and, and, certainly it's, and certainly not how his predecessors that I no, worked with did. Absolutely. Either, that's so. not the foreign office way of doing it. But I mean, you know, things have changed in Whitehall in the last couple of years. But we, yeah, and we know, we know that. I mean, I'm sure that lots of advice never gets near a minister. I mean, I, we know that the culture we know that the culture has been that ministers don't want to see advice that they don't like. Mm. But it's one thing to offer advice that is then rejected. It's another thing to censor the advice because you don't want to hurt the minister's sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, you know? or be shouted out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I very, I very much, I, I don't know which one it is. Whether it's um, spads keeping stuff away from ministers, um, or whether it's uh, which you, which I'm sure is very very possible, sure. or whether it is um, senior officials keeping stuff away from ministers, which I very very much hope it isn't, or whether it is advice and reporting not being honest, which 
I was very much hoping it, hope, hope it, hope it isn't. I, I find it difficult to believe. I find it very difficult. I find it, I find it very difficult to believe that Ukrep would knowingly uh, provide wrong advice and intel, particularly intel about other member states' views. I, I find that very, very, very difficult to believe that they would do that. Maybe it's uh, nascent loyalty. I don't know, rather than hard head analysis. I think but wishful, wishful thinking has, has, has infected. If it's got that bad, we're in deep, we're in very, very deep trouble. Whatever we happens, we are. I think. I think we. Are. Um, no, I think. I think. I think we are in deep trouble. Frankly, but yeah. Um, but there's so, more, I mean, but I think the the speech doubling down on it on mm-hmm. the whole on the whole fiasco was just absolutely dreadful. Yeah, and, and just the and the, general... the mock indig- indignation and yes. fake victimhood. Um, yes. Just really, really, really doesn't go down. We we come back to the the, psycho- the, the psychology of Brexit that yeah. you know it's tub something rule Britannia exceptionalism. On one hand, you know we're special. Then, you can't be rude to us. Yeah. We're special. We're and, Britain. You can't be rude to us. And then, I mean, what, but then on the what, other hand, it's 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 meekly go. Oh no, the nasty foreigners are, bu- are bullying yeah. us. They're so yeah. horrible. Yeah. I have I have a theory that it was actually all about the uh, the Tusk Instagram post. For those who don't know that, Tusk posted a picture of him and uh, May standing next to some cakes and uh, he'd put uh, cakes but no cherries or something like that with the, with the caption. Well, um, I mean, t- I'll tell you what happened was that um, the photo went out without the caption um, and it very quickly went kind of viral around, I mean, I have to be honest, it went kind of viral around um, the... Brits in the institutions, <laughs> they were all sending it to each other with the um, line, you know, caption competition, everybody, and practically everybody made the cake your, and cherry jack. Your, hang on, Chris. Hang on just a minute. Is this your fault, Chris? No, no, no. I mean... <laughs> are you culpable? So. Are you culpable for, for, for no deal? Because if this goes no deal, you, you will be, you'll be to blame. <laughs> Is this project blame again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't general. <laughs> that's that's a hell of a stab in the back, myth that it was one person in particular <laughs> that as well. No, but I mean, I don't know at what point. I'm not an Instagram person, so I don't know at what point the um, the um, the the post went out with the. But it was from Tusk's account with the caption. It was from Tusk's account. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. But did it not initially go out just as the photo, and then later on, because the Lib Dems put it out with a caption competition too. I remember it was during their. <laughs> Well, um, he was asking conference. for it. Well, it was, it was obvious. It. it was obvious. It was a. It was the obvious gag. It was like you know, yeah. you, you line it up. I'm going to knock it down. I mean, it was the obvious gag. And 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 James Crisp, um, who is the Brussels Telegraph correspondent, who um, is uh, he, he? He's pretty fair, and he he. I think he came back, and he very fairly um, challenged you know this sort of uh, hurt but her react response from from much of the british press he was like oh hang well, on a I second saw that. yeah absolutely you know, he I says, wasn't Come on, that, hang on a second you know this was this was during the soft uh, touchy feely part of the summit before things went south and i mean jesus christ you know it's this is not you know this is not such a Come on! I mean, this is this is not like such he, a terrible guy. I don't know. I have a theory that it's all about that because May is desperately touchy. Yeah? Except, except <clears throat> if she's so fucking touchy, why the hell has she not responded? Had she, why the hell did she never react to the absolutely outrageous cheek of Boris Johnson? Yeah, yeah, quite. You know yeah. when she could yeah. have done, or is, is well, she that yeah. scared of her of her party and her roots? No, that, no, Boris Johnson's not foreign. We know that she. 
We but, know yeah, she, she, she does come across as an exceptionally yeah. touchy and brittle kind of. So she, the person who has absolutely no I th- sense honestly, of humor I th- whatsoever. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it was that, and I mean, mm. I have to say the uh, the outbreak of 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 uh, of breakfast snowflakery was oh a massive God. joy to see, wasn't it? The go flakes in full yeah. force. I mean, it was great. Unbelievable. I can't believe they call it snowflake. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> can't take a joke. But, like we said before, I think, I mean, that's the thing. Is that our, I think our opponents have no sense of humour. That's one of the reasons that they lose. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't want, they don't want, la- they don't want laughing and, no. and guffawing. They no, want, no, uh, you're right. Mock, they, we need to continue yeah. to mock them. Absolutely. So, um, speaking of um, hilarious, uh, of speaking of hilarity, um, so that was the weekend, and now well, should, we have... ju- should, we, should we just just before we move on, mm-hmm. should we talk about what we think about what we think the um, oh. repercussions, yeah. if if any, are about this? Yeah, I mean, do you think it has a material effect on the outcome? Oh, it could have a material effect on the. I think it does actually. I have to say, I think it has a material effect on the outcome because oh. it it shows that patience has been lost. Yes, and it shows that the goodwill's run out. Yes, no, I, I agree and, with you. Yeah, and we're going to need goodwill because some things are going to have to be fudged. Somebody, you know, at some point, EU twenty seven are going to have to stick their neck out and say, "Ah, oh, I mean, we can probably just about live with that wording." Well, I don't, but we I, don't like it, I, and yeah. and that's why you need the trust and goodwill. Yeah, well, I, and, I, the tr- and the and the tr- the trust. Um, f- for the backstop, I mean, this is this is absolutely eliminated any chance of uh of a fudge on the backstop i don't think there was any chance yes. anyway but it's utterly eliminated it because yes. how could you you know how can you trust yeah so no no that's that's right but uh, as you say i think that that was always on the cards so for me i think you're right and i think for me um my my takeaway is that i have lost and I had I had pretty much no faith left in the UK side side of this equation in any case. But I mean, for me, I think I've 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 lost any kind of glimmer of hope that behind the scenes the grown ups are actually still working on. Stuff. I I just don't see that anymore. I That's think a that very for good me, point. It's, that is a very very good point. I the 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 way in which the, the, they reacted to this, the way I they genuinely seemed to think that Checkers was going to fly. Yeah. They genuinely seemed upset, shocked, put out, offended, hurt that it was shot down. Um, that eight, says to me eight, that they eight are... Eight times Bonnier had said publicly yeah, that it was unacceptable. That, 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 that says to me that they are under siege and absolutely... Deep in the shit. Deep, 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 in, as deep as you can get in denial. And, and, and we're now six months away. I think that we're not going to get... Um, Either they're going to completely cave, or we're going to go no deal. And it seems to me that this this lot are not going to cave. They are too wrapped up in their own egos, in their own sensitivities, and I just don't see it happening. So, so if if unless unless and this is a segue into the sort of Labour conference, quite yeah. Unless the fall of this government can be engineered somehow, unless unless. Parliament can take this thing away from the government. I think, I think the prospects are extremely bleak. Actually, I think my my chances of no deal have gone up quite quite substantially. Well, yeah, on the Labour one, I think that the, <clears throat> on the Labour conference, I think the chances of no deal by December have gone up considerably, yes. very very considerably. 
But I think the chances of the end state being no deal um, have been reduced by the Labour Party conference. Well, before we get the into the before we get into the happy stuff about Labour conference, the early headlines with the Labour conference, the stuff that we were seeing early on, partly because of the press's inexplicable fascination with fringe leave lunatics. And the, this, Chan- and the shadow chancellor, to be fair. And the shadow yeah. chancellor, all right, well, <laughs> yeah. But there was this, there was this Labour leave. <laughs> event, wasn't there? With, oh, did you um, see the thread on that? The thread by, uh, who was it by? God, I'm so bad with names, I'm really sorry. So Labour um, leave. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there was this amazing thread from Adam Bienkov giving choice quotes from the different speakers yes. as, they, as they happened. And honestly, I mean, it was proper, proper tinfoil hat stuff. Somebody even mentioned David Icke. All they need is David Icke. I mean, yeah, and then, of course, he pops up as well, actually. Not at the Labour conference, but he pops up with, with again, in support of Brexit, I saw yesterday. But, yes, um, it... Well, this, it, is my the- this is my theory. The reason the ERG need need the Star Wars project as part of their post-Brexit plan is to guide in the mothership when it comes to the lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're, they're really, I mean, I, I can't understand how Kate Hoey hasn't had the whip withdrawal. I just don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I mean, no. I feel so bad for the poor bloody Labour voters in Vauxhall. I mean, I, yeah. you know, imagine being stuck with, a, I mean, a, she, she, she looked nutty at UKIP. Yeah, yeah. Even the kippers would find her a bit much. And did you see this this photo from the Leave Means Leave Meet uh, rally, where rally was a press conference, was it, or a meeting, where you had uh, you had Hoey, and then you had Farage, and then you had David Davis. Yeah, you know, and you're going, okay, that's that's it. You know, and surely any Tory voter who isn't <laughs> a racist or a xenophobe sees this and goes, oh no, oh no, 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 no. No, Labour voters, you can't you have mean? that. I will. All, all Labour voters, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, but I was thinking even of the Tories, seeing Davis oh. sitting, sitting guffawing along with Farage. I mean, well, I don't know. I think that the most Tory voters who are left are probably reasonably comfortable with Farage. But yeah, but yeah no, I mean, seriously, I mean, Labour voters looking at Hoey sitting there with those two. I mean, really, have a word with yourselves, guys. Seriously. But look, I, I think, I have to say, I think Lexiters are actually more nuts. Than, not that Kato is a Lexiter, actually. She's extremely right-wing. But um, I do think that Lexiters in general are more nuts than uh, than right, rightists. Well, they're, they're, they're slightly more in denial. <laughs> I yeah, mean, they're yeah, slightly absolutely. more away with yeah. the fairies. Um, but, I mean, yeah, geez. I mean, yeah. No, but I think, I think what, what, you know what, what the extremists on the right really want to implement could be done. I mean, it'd be catastrophic, but it could actually be done. Whereas what the Lexiters want to implement can't be. It's impossible. So I, but so I, mean, I think they're more nuts. Yeah, you get these bizarre, I mean, bizarre, I mean, Aaron Bastani today was bizarre kind of moral high ground. Oh, <laughs> it would be, a, you know, you'd be kicking, you'd be kicking democracy in the face if you put a remain option onto the ballot paper. And who was it instantly, re- and who was it instantly retweeted by? Who was in agreement? 
Lilico. Exactly. exactly. So there you have the far right yeah, Brexit, you, you have the far left Lexit yeah. in full agreement. Yeah. How dare we give the people a vote? Yeah, the would, democracy stops the when they say. Yeah, democracy exactly. stops when they say, you know. Taking well, back control for both sides of them is about them taking control, yeah. not about people taking control. Well, as, somebody, as somebody very rightly put it, um, okay, so Labour, the Labour Party didn't win the last general election. Um, does that mean that the Labour Party shouldn't be on the ballot in the next general election? Well, you have, well, you have had people screaming that Labour are not, implement, are, are not taking, are going against their manifesto, forgetting that the losing party generally changes its policies, having lost <laughs> based on those policies, you know? <laughs> So do they have to they have to keep those manifesto pledges and never deviate from them until in opposition until until the new manifesto comes out. Right. Well, <sighs> it's time it's time that we it's time that we turn to Sharia topics. Now we have a proper unicorn chaser today. A proper unicorn. We really, he, really ch- chasing unicorns and also a unicorn chaser in in every sense. So yes. Yeah. Um, now, Ke- Yeah. Now, look, it wasn't so much that it was a barnstorming speech or even... No. Well, it was what he said, obviously, because what he did was he said, we need a people's vote um, and that and nobody should think that Remain isn't going to be an option. Yeah, nobody well, is saying Remain's not on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so... Oh, the rea- the it, reaction. It was, it was the was reaction. reaction. So it, it seems that what... It seems that this was um, either something that he himself put into a speech at the last minute or, or, or even Yeah, it wasn't in the copy circulated. It wasn't in the copy circulated. So it's not known whether this thing had the blessing of, of, of his boss or, or, or anybody else, but he put it in there. Now, it wasn't, that wasn't what sent shivers down my spine. That it was the way in which, when he said that, the conference floor just took off. It erupted, eh? And I, I, I kid you not, I watched that on my um, computer screen at the office and I started to cry. I, I felt it was, I was so moved by, I can't, I, I can't describe it. It was the feeling that all these people, you could sense the energy, you could sense. So I described it maybe slightly facetiously, but I described it as a kind of Ceausescu moment. You know, do you, I mean, you're, you're far too young, obviously, Steve, but um, do you remember um, when Ceausescu um, was up on that balcony uh, giving his speech and the crowd started to harangue him and then boo him and, and eventually yes, lost yeah. control of the crowd? And he sort of. Now, obviously, in this analogy, uh, Starmer isn't Ceausescu, <laughs> but it was that <laughs> sense of. It was that sense of. It got away from the leadership. It got away from the people controlling. This was yeah. a grassroots moment of and emotional and grassroots labour. And it was and grassroots like, labor, you can't, yeah. you can't ignore this. You can't pretend that didn't happen. No, that was the. No. I mean, that was pretty much the entire floor of the. And I, and I, I heard then subsequently one of the people who responded to a tweet that I did about it today was said that she had been, she was a, she she had been there. She she was oh, really? one of the conference delegates, and she said it was exactly as you describe it. It was in a moment of raw emotion. It was an outpouring of pent-up frustration and emotion, and it was just incredibly uplifting. And that, well, Faisal, for me... Faisal Islam said that he thought it, was a, that it, it felt like a turning point yeah. to him. Well, it did feel like it. I mean, we, we might... You know, maybe it won't after a couple of days and things will die down. But, I mean, for me today, I dared to... I dared to hope that, that, that Labour might yet pull yeah. this one out of the hat. And... Uh, 
there were there were a few things in the motion that they were discussing, and which have been passed now. Incidentally, um, I'm sure people have seen that. There were a few things in the in the motion that were also very important. I think I, I did a thread on this, which got quite quite a bit of flack, but yeah, I mean, a couple of people said, <laughs> said they agreed. Most people disagreed, but I really thought there were some important things in the motion, and we know mm. that uh, the Remain Labour and Labour for People's Vote. Uh, people have have worked very hard, and we know that some MPs and MEPs and so on have worked very, very hard to 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 get Labour to move to move to this point. And I totally take that it's not enough for some people. That um, it's not enough for me. You know, I would like I would like a lot more. Um, I'd like absolutely firm commitments and so on. But um, you've got to look at it in the context of where Labour were. You know, a year ago, Labour weren't even necessarily in favor of transition period you know yeah. so um so i mean it's come a, a, a huge long way and uh-huh. some questions have been answered i mean the resolution makes it clear that all of the six tests have to be met yeah. now, there's been lots of stuff and i asked the question a long time ago when the six tests first came out of saying what do, so does some of them have to be met does do, some of them partially is it half is it mm. you know What's the what's the ruling on this? Yeah. And the resolution makes it clear that it's it's all of them. It says tests, but meet the tests in full. Yeah. Um, and also, it's an outright rejection of no deal as a policy option. Yeah. Now, when you're talking, and that's what we're talking about before, is where, while the chance of no deal, in my view, while the chance of no deal has increased quite a lot after Salzburg. Yeah. Um, am I pronouncing that right? Salzburg. 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 Um. So, um the chance, the chances of uh, the House of Commons accepting that have gone down dramatically mm. because with Labour, and I, I think that's something that everyone should remember. Without Labour, there's there's no chance of people's exactly. vote. Um, you need Labour, and they need to be whipping for it. Yeah, and they have to be whipping for it, and and the same goes for No Deal. If you're going to save save it from No Deal, you need Labour mm-hmm. now. I'd always hoped that Labour would never accept no deal, but you know, you know how politics works. Political yeah. expediency could could change that. This makes it clear that it's not absolutely not a not a viable option. You know, it also gives the argument about trade unions that trade unions put deals back to their members. It gives that example. Yes, um, it uh, reasserts the need for the Irish border solution, uh, so no fudge no fudge allowed on that. Um, so the the whole thing looks to be, you know, that the minimum Labour would accept as EEA and Customs Union, and they're not going to get that. We know mm. they're not going to get that, yeah. and that's not going to be what the, the what the what the the agreement or the the political declaration is. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, and also, you know, the bit that was reported: if we cannot get a general election, Labour must support all options remaining on the table, including campaigning for a public vote. Okay, yeah. that's all options on the table. A lot of people object to that. But the sentence after says, if the government is confident in negotiating a deal the working people, our economy and communities will benefit from, they should not be afraid to put that deal to the public. Yeah. Now, it's very hard to go back from that because yeah. that, is, that can be quoted. That can be quoted back at Labour ad yeah. infinitum, and it should be. Yeah. Um, and Labour Remain activists will be going around saying that, and, and again, they, they should be. So I think the, ch- the chances of Labour amending the, amending the motion on the... Uh, you know the uh, yeah. on the on the withdrawal agreement um, are are pretty pretty high now. 
I think this you, is, do, you know, you only need 20 Tory rebels. Exactly. I think that that's... I mean, this is a very good day. I, I do think this has been a really... I mean, you know, we, we've had very few of them. This feels like a good day um, for Remain. I mean, a really good I, day. I understand why some people are suspicious. Yes. I completely, I completely get that. I understand why people don't trust the front bench. I think yes. McDonnell has done enormous harm and some of the union leaders have done enormous harm to trust from, from Remain. But this is this is now official Labour Party policy. I mean, I, I've had a lot of run-ins um, recently with um, people who um, are Labour loyalists um, and Remainers, but feel that a lot of the Remain movement, um, especially FBP on Twitter, is is is, is there to bash Corbyn more than it is to support remote which i mean i think i think that's ridiculous but i understand well, that's put around feel. by bastani and those and those well but 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 it may well be but but uh, people who you'd want to think differently seem to buy into that and i mean i i, I don't want to fight with these people i don't want to fight no. i mean these these are my people you know i'm you know i i think you know remain is what drives me um yeah, I mean, too. I you know, I, I I can happily ally with Tories, with Lib Dems, with Labour, as long as we're all fighting on the same side, which is for Remain. But you know, my natural home, quite honestly, would be with Labour Remain. You know, I'm, I'm and 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 I I say this with all due respect to our many Lib Dem friends of the podcast, <laughs> but you know, I'm I you are not disproportionately a represented. They are disproportionately <laughs> represented. I am not. I don't. I don't see myself as a capital L liberal. I see myself as a, a, a social democrat, mm. and my home is with the um, with Labour Party, which I see as, as the closest that the UK has to a to a social you know, European social social democratic party, or at least it was, and it can be again. Um, so you know, so that I well, mean, a bit I'm, of the UK has has one. I'll, I'll be delighted. I'll be delighted to 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 yes. see you know to, to 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 see the Labour Party being you know back in the game. But but you know, for me, you know, this is all about Remain. I mean, that but beginning, middle, and end of it is you know, yeah. We are, are, will they back Remain? Um, they're not. We're not there, obviously. <laughs> we're we're well, we've come a lot, but we've come a very long but way. We, this but we've today a was a big way. day. I think yeah. in in terms of yeah, go on. And I think I think well, I think it's worth I think it's worth looking at, uh, you know how uh, MPs and MEPs on the Remain side from other parties have reacted to it. Yeah, you know, and they've reacted to it saying, "Well done, Labour Remain colleagues." Yeah, forget forgetting at this part, we didn't know. Yeah, you always said you know you always said that they could be moved. We yeah. didn't know whether that was true or not. Yeah, and lots of us suspected it wasn't. Yeah. So fucking well done. Yeah. And if you go, you know, if you go on Twitter, you'll find lots of Remain MEPs and MPs who are not in Labour congratulating their Labour colleagues yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, Rightly so. And yeah. Now, having said all that, we need to keep the pressure on. Yeah. Absolutely. Without we doubt. need to keep the pressure on Labour. Absolutely. But this is uh, very much in the right direction and is a much bigger step than I think most people are yeah. giving credit for. Well, there's one thing that I want to... The one thing I haven't seen... I mean, I haven't been sitting reading the details of the motions. I mean, it sounds like you have a bit more than I have. But there's one thing that we mustn't forget, and that is, you know, um, yeah, a crucial issue is do we get a, a vote? And and is, does that vote have remain on the ballot? Another issue that we I don't want to lose sight of and that we will... You know, we've already been reminded by, by, by friends and so on. The franchise... Who gets to vote? Yep. Um, you know, are we? Are we want to see 
key constituencies included in this vote yeah, on their absolutely. lives. So that, that. But, but this, but this now gives us, but this now gives us scope to campaign on that. Yes. You know, w- when you have one of the parties saying we're not going to talk, we're not talking about it. There's no point in talking to us about the franchise because we're not talking about it. We're not talking about a people's vote. Yeah. Then it's impossible. Yeah. What again? It's it's we've talk, as we've talked over and over again. You, you know, the Overton windows moved. I, I put yeah. a tweet out saying, you know, a year ago. People who thought it could still be stopped were considered crackpots. Now there are articles in normal national, not even yes. just the Guardian, yeah. normal <laughs> national BBC daily newspapers say. saying yeah. how could yeah. you know how could Brexit be stopped? What would the mechanism yeah. be? Is it possible? Yeah. The BBC has started started saying if rather than when. Yeah. Um, you this know, is major so stuff. Yeah, this is very very major stuff, yeah. and we need to ke- and we need to keep that moving because yeah. I think we've targeted the media and we've targeted. Um, and we've targeted interested public opinion and we've targeted politicos very well, you know? And mm. now we need to expand it to people who basically aren't that interested in this. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think I, they're going to be crucial. Um, and I think this, and I, but I think this helps, you know? Do I you know, this let, helps enormously. I think you're right. And I think let's, let's pull it back to, let me, let me again link it back to Salzburg. And, and I tell you something that was a, you know, anecdotal but interesting, which is that um, for the last two and a half years or however long it's been, I have been the object of uh, gentle and affectionate uh, mockery and ridicule from <laughs> my loved ones for my passion and paranoia about Brexit. And, uh, oh, I think, we've, I think we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> even but, but even those of us like me who have loved ones who agree yeah. with us. No, I but I tell you yeah. what, Salzburg seemed to make a big difference. I, um, really? I, a number of people very close to me, when they heard May's speech on Friday... Um, her, her her statement turned around and said, "Well, this is this is going down the toilet. This yeah. is a disaster. Yeah. We need to. We, this, this is awful. We have to stop this." Yeah, you know, and, and then I'm not talking about people who were leaving and then switched to remain. I'm not talking yeah. about people who are no, completely no, no, clueless. No. But I'm talking about people who are generally a little bit apathetic. Well, not, that's probably overstating it. Don't like um, it, but have basically accepted it. Yeah. Well, yeah. not even that. Um, I don't want to get in trouble with anybody Ooh, who might recognise yeah, themselves yeah. in this. It's unlikely ever to be listening to this. But no, but I think I think that there was a recognition that all right, this that's that's very worrying. What she's saying, yeah, and and this could this is going in a direction that is disastrous, and we need to stop. Well, yeah, this, prime, so. prime ministers just don't act like that when it's going well. Eh? Yeah, just <laughs> they really just don't. Looked. They don't look rattled. They yeah. don't sneer down the camera. Yeah, you know, they just they, yeah. they don't do that when it's going well. They yeah. do, you know, they do blare after. Uh, uh, the Good Friday Agreement. That's what prime ministers do when it's going yeah. well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not, so, uh, not we no, it's obviously stand going ready. Oh, just unbelievable, you know, really. Gollum voice. But who, I mean, who is that? Advi- who is advising? <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, <sighs> oh, God. Just, yeah. I mean, who thought that was going to be good? But it got exactly what it wanted. They got exactly what they wanted from it, which was headlines of May's finest hour. Yeah, but, you and, know. and the Telegraph and, and, you know, people like that saying, yeah, you know, great, go, on, you know, go and stick it to them. Yeah, but I well, want, I, I think I think the chances of it working each time get lower. I think that's the point. I think it's yeah, a, sort of a really serious case of crying wolf. And I just think that um, people are now sort of become increasingly polarised. And I just think that kind of stuff doesn't wash no. as, 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 as it might have done once. But. Shall we do well? I mean, so to round up, well done of uh, uh, Labour members who've who fought for this. By yeah, the way. seriously, and well done, well done. constituency associations, and yeah. MPs and MEPs 
Um, who, Conference who, delegates, thank you so much. Yeah, who, no, you gave me a moment of serious emotion today. And I, th- and I think the the big takeaway is it's possible. Yes. You know, we all have doubts about whether it's possible, whether we're pissing in the wind. Yeah. We all have doubts about this from time to time. This is not and over. This fight is there's still. It's very obviously still not. Worth that, it's very obviously not over. Exactly. And I think that's the key takeaway there. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. And we'll at the same time we'll be fucking watching you. <laughs> you know. So. Right. I will. I'm just looking at your notes. Every read, uh, readers, listeners should be aware that I'm, I, uh, Chris is the organised one in this duo. It won't surprise you to know. And um, Chris makes episode notes every week, which he sends to me. And uh, up to up to four minutes before we start recording, I have a look at them. And I see that we. I see that there is uh, an anomaly in this week's in that we have cake of the week. Well, I, we shouldn't which actually. Is not a segment. No, it's we not don't a segment. Have a segment and, and cake I, of the I week. miss. I, I shouldn't have called it cake of the week. I should have called it twenty uh, fifth birthday cake. Ah, because so, I mean, we are cake watch, and we are supposed to watch for cake. And um, I don't even know if this is cake, but I. It wasn't ex- exactly a lie. More, kind of absurdity. Yeah. So I wanted to... Well, I, it can't be like, it's impossible. So, <laughs> can't no, it was, it was this astonishing... Um, it, it was this astonishing proposal from the um, IEA, who are... I keep thinking that they're the Institute of East Anglia, and probably a lot of them are from East Anglia, but it's, it's Institute of Economic Affairs, isn't it? It's one of the... Um, yeah. It's one of and the many full, shadowy I mean, organisations that... And we haven't really talked about it. We haven't really talked about this. There's something else that came out this week. But if you're interested in this, go and read David Hennig, uh, David Hennig's unbelievable thread on this, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, And Sam Lowe also has done uh, very good, very good stuff, very good stuff on this. Um, And Steve Pierce has chipped in as well. Yeah. Um, So yeah, go and have a look at this if you're wondering what all that's about, because they've dissected it very, very well indeed. But Um, including the missing footnote. What's that? What's that? Well, well, there's a huge bit. There's a now. What's the claim? There's some claim. I don't know what. I don't know what the numbers are. There's some some outrageous claim. I think it was like that. The the losing tariffs will increase uh, UK productivity by some percent, or you know something like this. And the footnote. I think it's footnote twenty eight. The footnote just doesn't have reference to it. Yeah. Like, oh, here. great. Very well done. And also Christopher Cook, who I think on Twitter is Extopher Cook and is a uh, Newsnight producer, Newsnight uh, 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 journalist, uh-huh. um, also ran the numbers. They took the numbers in this paper and the, met- and the methodology, and he, very cleverly, because I did have a look at his methodology and I didn't understand a, fucking, uh, a thing that was going on. It looked, it looked like computer code to me. Um, but others who do understand this stuff have had a look at his working and agree. Um, and he can't, he can't get to the numbers that they yeah. get to, even with their flawed method. So, yeah. um, no, so it's, it's, it's all it's, highly suspicious. It's but, bollocks, isn't it? But, it's yeah, bollocks, it's all bollocks. It? But what, what, there was one particularly choice bit that I wanted to pull out, and that was that this uh, proposal, which ha- carries the name, you know, carries the signature of um, – Two former cabinet ministers um, who spent a lot of time, uh, you'd think, <laughs> being briefed on this and talking about this, uh, working they with seem, the EU on they, this. Said, they seem very assertive about EU stuff. So, said, so yeah, yeah. It has a super idea, which is that they uh, will have um, uh, various sort of technological fixes to this, that, and the other. And in order to overcome the Irish uh, border problem, you'll have a separate Anglo Irish trade treaty. 
Brilliant. A bilateral trade treaty with an EU member. Fucking A, guys. Well done. The, the, thing, that, the thing that they couldn't have in the EU, which is why they're leaving, that's what they're, <laughs> they're gonna going to have with to... an EU member. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wondered whether they were just abs- they were so convinced of their own total facile bullshit that they believed that by the time this happened, Ireland would have also left the EU. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, we said, we said a couple of weeks ago that... It, 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 are, can can they be this stupid? And I think the answer to that is, yeah, they they, re, they are it genuinely is, stupid. It is. They're thick. They're genuinely thick. It is. I mean, well, I, no, it's one of the positives that came out of this is that the myth that uh, to be a cabinet minister, to have got there, you know, you have to be you have to be quite smart and understand stuff. Yeah. And it's total bullshit. And I, actually, I think exposing that myth um, is possibly possibly a good thing for the future actually. well that's a bit good thing because i mean it's true and and therefore it's best that yes we well, know. <laughs> quite. no but also it might it might make the public demand cabinet ministers who aren't yeah thick as planks so well, that would be good wouldn't that it would be nice that'd be nice that'd be <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be lovely right listen uh let's do the actual lie of the week Shall i roll the music yes please i don't believe you So uh, we already mentioned a pretty massive lie, which was Theresa May's lie, um, that um, that the EU had never brought forward its own proposals or explained why checkers wouldn't work. Well, no, I mean, that's a lie. Yeah, that's patently um, untrue. Yeah. Um, but look, no, um, there can be only one winner this week, and that is Daniel Kutcher. Kaczynski. Daniel Kaczynski, the Tory MP for Shrewsbury uh, and a massive lever, tweeted from Tesco's in Shrewsbury, please remember EU protectionist racket means inefficient EU growers preferred to other non-EU Mediterranean growers due to massive tariffs imposed <laughs> by EU. This leads to you paying more for your products. All right. Massive tariffs imposed by EU leading to you paying more for your products. No more after March 2019. So, um, Brexit. Ha- yeah. So this, this, this MP no. says this, with, posing with some lemons in a photograph, is ripped to shreds by Jim Cornelius. <laughs> Yay, Jim Tariff Cornelius. Nerd, Jim Cornelius, our pal. Can we, can, we have, can, we have a, can we have some sort of cake watch award for Jim Cornelius? Because this is spectacular. Oh, I mean, without this a doubt. Is, this is the ripping to shreds that people who like ripping things to shreds dream of. No, this is this is massive ownage on an absolutely lethal scale. It's fantastic, and it's got massive media coverage as yeah, well. It's absolutely it's got huge brilliant. media coverage, and I think actually this is, you should. This is something for campaigners to remember mm. that when we think that we're in a bubble, journalists use Twitter. Yes, exactly. You know, so okay, yes, you have to. Yes, and we 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 were reminded today by one of our friends who's a campaigning expert. You know that you have to go out. Yeah. Uh, you have to go out and talk to people. That's quite right. Yeah. Um, but we shouldn't underestimate what uh, what people can do on social media because you know it's what? now all they, over. They... It's it's now in print newspapers. You know. Yeah, because you know what they do. They love they love these stories where people who are full of themselves get yes. taken down a peg by experts, 
or where or by or by humor you know where you get humorous responses ripping the sh- ripping the piss out of yeah. things that people have said on twitter and so on so this does work and it gets traction so jim has just fantastically um gone into all the details of why um what what kaczynski says here is a lie um the eu does not put, um impose massive tariffs on non-eu growers the eu is not a protectionist racket you're not going to pay you're not paying more for your products uh and he goes into super detail i mean it's just lethal it's incredible detail. it's really so incredible. It, it really is i mean it's an, it's a work of art and honestly i mean he goes into the kind of you know informed detail that i mean i i'm, I'm simply too lazy to do myself so it's brilliant that we've got people like jim who by all accounts is a is a is, is entirely self-taught on all of this stuff he doesn't work in this he's just informed himself on all of this Oh, he reads and, and he's yeah. talked to a lot. He's made his yeah. business to talk, talk to a lot of experts. Well, we've got to get him on the. We've yeah. got to get him on the podcast. We we almost did over the summer and it yeah, we nearly hard, did. So both, we, we, I mean, otherwise, remaining will get him first, and we we can't have that. You know, they're always pinching our guests before we get around to them. <laughs> oh, we got Alan Smith first, though. That's true. <laughs> he was on last week. Yeah, but um, so. If you haven't seen this yet, work really, that's yeah. not really a surprise. Yeah, well, exactly. No, if you haven't seen this yet, go find. I mean, it's very, very good. I will, if I remember, put this into the little episode notes that that we put under our in, on the website. But I did want to add one point that I'm not sure was entirely uh, clear from from Jim's thread. So it's a little additional piece of added value, which is that um, not only is it the case that you know, you can't get lower tariffs than 0%. So <laughs> the, these massive tariffs imposed by the EU on, of 0% do not, do not lead you to paying more for your product. No. So in other words, even if the UK drops all its tariffs unilaterally to 0% after Brexit, you're still not going to get cheaper no. fruit and veg. Not only because that... It's all, because it's almost all under zero. Yeah. Zero more now, importantly... Yeah. More importantly, it's the opposite. You are going to pay more after Brexit for all of these things because, A, the pound's going through down the toilet and therefore exchange rates will push prices up because these are imports, remember? B, and and, and commodities are priced in, uh, not not priced in pounds, they're priced in things like euros and dollars and therefore we're going to end up paying more uh, for commodities, including fruit and veg imported. But... You know, everybody blindly assumes that we're simply going to set zero tariffs for everything because a bunch of nutters in the ERG <laughs> have said that we're going to. But what? who thinks we're going to? I don't for a second believe even the Tory government is going to ad- adopt unilateral zero tariff on all of these things. It's just it's not going to happen because, you know what, guess, guess – Guess which party um, relies on support in rural agricultural communities? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, no, you know, all of these MPs banging on about zero tariffs. The second that we get to the point where in Parliament starts bringing forward legislation to drop tariffs on, on products that are on, on, on produce that is produced by their local producers who vote for these people and are members of their local yeah. parties, they are going to be the first ones fighting to maintain or even raise the tariff. They're going to be, you know, but believe me. So, you know, for- and at the same time, but at the same time, <laughs> their Trump products are going to be. It? Believe me. But at the same time, they're ta- at the same time, if they export, um, there is likely to be tariffs yeah. 
coming coming the other way if uh, because uh, if there's uh, particularly if there's no deal yeah but but if the UK unilaterally drops the tariff of zero others aren't going yeah. to do and it of course they're not um, going to of course they're <laughs> not going to which which means that you're effectively handing uh, to your producers um, <laughs> a, a massive yeah. crippling competitive disadvantage compared to you know I mean this this is not going to happen there's no way no no so so not only is Kaczynski lying through his teeth if he says that uh, massive tariffs are going to fall away and end up, you know, you're going to pay less for your product. Because they don't exist. It is going to, you know, the tariffs don't exist. They will exist after Brexit and the currency is going to go uh, south and you are going to end up paying considerably more for the lemons that he's holding in his hands than you do at the moment. Jim actually did an amazing second thread. I mean, he did one in replies which is outstanding, just destroying it mm. with different... I mean, the great thing about Jim as well is he goes out to supermarkets and takes photos, yes. <laughs> photographs. Beautiful, and, yeah. and, and lots of the photographs actually have the DEFRA code on yeah. them, you know, so they can be yeah. checked directly yeah. against, against the schedule. Yeah, right? it's, it's quite... It's, it yeah, really I mean, well, yeah. He, he leaves nothing out there, eh? so it's, it's, but, but the photography's great. But there's a second thread, which is just absolutely amazing, which we have to put up as well, um, where he says, Daniel speaks as Daniel Kwinski, speaks of... Quotes, inefficient EU growers. The majority of fruit and veg imported in the UK comes from Spain, much of it from Almeria, where the vast acres of polytunnels and greenhouses growing fruit and veg the, the whole year round. And then he has a series of photos, and one of them is from, you know, above, a bit above on a hill overlooking it and saying it covers a vast area. <laughs> he says, I mean, really, really vast. And then there's a satellite photo of it. It's absolutely gigantic, you know. <laughs> and then he says, largest greenhouse, concentration of greenhouses in the world. <laughs> I think he says 300, oh, 300 square miles. And it can be seen from the ISS. And he's got a photograph of it from the ISS. <laughs> I mean, this shit got very inclusive. It's absolutely brilliant. The goddamn goal of this Kaczynski guy. <laughs> so, so, talking about inefficient EU growers, when, I mean, it, it, if there's a problem here, it is that this agro industry is excessively efficient. I mean, to a point where actually you think, this can't be right. This can't be good for the planet to be this sort of, you know. I mean, it doesn't yeah. get. It's, a, it's an absolute first class high tech industry. And here's this clown. Sitting here posing with lemons in Joe's protestcoats, <laughs> saying mm, inefficient EU growers, protectionist racket. He doesn't have the oh. slightest clue what he's talking about. And there he is. He stands up. I mean, this is a member of fucking Parliament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says this stuff. And I mean, oh, it makes me so cross. I get so cross, Steve. I'm so cross. I know. <laughs> Please, where, where was that unicorn chaser? I need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the unicorn chaser. The unicorn chaser is that what, what would have been shouting into the wind, a year, again, shouting into the wind a year ago on stuff like this from, from experts, um, is now picked up by the press. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the unicorn chaser here. Yeah, um, it was picked up by the eye, yeah. it was picked up by Metro. Uh, I think uh, BuzzFeed have, a, uh, have a one on it. The Poke picked it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, people All are, right. you know... He didn't get away That's the unicorn that. chaser. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so that was our... So that was our, well, it wasn't our 25th Live of the Week, because we've had a few, but that was our 25th Live of the Week segment. Our Jubilee Live of the Week. Jubilee, segment. yeah. So where would 50 take us to? 50 will take us... Oh, God, don't. No. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't. How, how long... When, we started in March, didn't we? 
February, was it? February? February, March. February, March. So, and now mm. we're in, it's going to take us past March. Mm. Well, I'll be fine. No, there's nothing important happening in March. There'll be an extension. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm confident there'll be an extension. Well, I think the chances of it are much higher than they were. And uh, we should leave it on that, I think. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big friend of the figure of the number fifty right now. <laughs> Are you fifty, Chris? No, yeah. No, oh, I thought you up. were. I thought you were well up fifty. Oh. Sorry, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, love that you're considerably older than me. It's excellent. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, literally, j- just exactly a month before Brexit. Which well, is yeah. Well, going to lucky. My birthday is the same week. That would be a nice birthday present, wouldn't it, for both of us, if... Brexit, Brexit would be an shelved. awful birthday present. No, oh, no, Brexit gets shattered. Oh, yeah, that would, be, that would be outstanding. Yeah, that would be absolutely outstanding. That's what I want, everybody. If you, if you, if you want to give me a birthday and me. present, and Steve, but it's more important for me because I'm, it's a big birthday for me. Mm-hmm. Not for you, Steve, is it? 42, it'll be. That's not a big birthday. <laughs> no. <laughs> Isn't that the answer to life, the universe, life, the and, universe everything? and everything? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, whereas fifty is, is yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Then please, if stop you want Brexit. to give Chris a fiftieth birthday, go please. and stop Brexit, everyone. Please, that would be that would be awesome. Thanks. Great. Well, we'll be back uh, next week with more insanity. I think. I think that it'll be during the Tory conference <laughs> next week, won't it? There could be a lot of lives of the week. We next could. Week. We could. We could live. We could live podcast the letters falling off the backdrop, <laughs> the coughing fit. What's, is it a year, let's have a, a little sweep on what's going to go wrong with it this year. Christ. I mean, that was a real harbinger. It was a real harbinger of well, doom, you really looked at that and you thought, she cannot possibly survive more than a couple of weeks. I mean, she she is literally unflushable. I, what can that woman is, do but to... That's what you've, we've talked about it before. What she's good at is surviving today and tomorrow. That's what she's good at. She's not good at any of the other stuff. She is good at that, though. On that bombshell. Yep. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And yeah. uh, have a good week. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Up, we're going up the wrong way